Hi. Welcome to Alternative Jigsaw. I'm Tony, and I'm here to help work with you on your adventure in alternative education. Here's where we're going to learn more about ourselves, more about our students, and learn how to innovate. This is a platform for you to be asking questions, for us to answer them, and for us to go through and slog as much as we can together and find out just how wonderful our world really can be. This is a podcast about successes. It's a podcast about trials, tribulations, and finding joy at the end of the road. Won't you join me? Here we go. And we're back. Hey, it's great to see you. And well, no, I can't see you, can't I? That would be creepy. Anyway, so welcome back for another episode. Um, last episode was a little intense, but sometimes we have to do that. We have to be intense in order to get to where we're going. And I hope that th those questions are impactful because we need to ask those questions from time to time, if not daily, because um, we impact a lot. And whether we realize it or not, they're lasting. And I'm going to say this very quickly. Um, I like to tell my students when I'm proud of them. And one girl came back to speak to me after she'd graduated and she was in another program. She was asking me for help. And she said, I need to tell you something. And I said, okay, what is it? She said, do you realize that you never once told me that you were proud of me? And I said, yes, I did. And she said, no, you didn't. Well, the bottom fell out of my world. And I said, are you serious? Because you know that I have been so proud of you and I'm so proud of the work that you're doing right now. She said, now I feel like you're doing it because I said something. And I said, no, seriously. Um, and I listed all the things that I was proud of her. And she said, you were listening. And I said, yes, I was. And I said, I just, I, th I thought I had told you that. And uh, I apologized. And that made everything better for both of us. And so we still stay in touch. And um, that's the kind of feedback that I received that I think it's important for you to understand too. So we do have an impact. So, and that being said, let's transition into our new category, which is your environment. A lot of teachers think, I need to make my environment for my classroom vivid. I need to have it living. I need to have it really doing a lot. And I'm going to tell you, don't. Don't, 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 don't. <laughs> if you walk into your classroom, here's what you need. You need to have paper available for the students to use and sharpened pencils or pens for the students to use so that no student will go without. 
if you're able to have extra binders, extra spiral notebooks, or any other materials, make sure that you have those. Sometimes students don't have, and we need to provide for them. So we don't challenge students who come to class every day and say, I don't have my pencil. Well, now you have one. Every time a student walks into your classroom, this is the first thing that you need to do. You need to greet them and say, good morning, good afternoon. Hi, how are you? What's going on with you? That's beginning to create an environment for the students because you have things there. You're waiting for them. You're ready for them and prepared for them. Some of your students, when they get home, for all you know, nobody wants them. For all you know, there's nothing there for them. Make them want to come to your class because, or to your room or to your program because you're there and you want them. You expect them. And if there's a new student coming to your class, don't make a big deal out of it. Just welcome them. Let them in. Don't make them stand up. Don't make them do anything. I know as a new student, I used to be a new student a lot. I did not appreciate having to stand up in front of everybody and tell everybody who I was, where I was from, what my interests were, blah, 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 blah. No, I did not like that at all. And sometimes there were, I remember, I think it was seventh grade, I had to do that. And there was a girl from Australia and she was across the room and she had to do it just as I did. And we had both obviously been raised in the same kinds of schools. And uh, there was a protocol and nobody else in the class knew that. And we both had a terrible time not doing it. Some of the Some of the things that we did. And people thought we were a little peculiar, but eventually we fit in, but did not, did not, did not like that. What was nice was when we came in, the teacher knew who we were and we sat down and people would ask us, who are you? And that was the nice way to do it. Um, not for us to have to broadcast it because then we're on a stage and we're dealing with a lot of kids who have anxiety. They can't do it. If we ask them to turn to the person next to them to introduce themselves, that may be um, incredibly difficult for some students. So you kind of give them that option, maybe. But if a student suddenly shows up to your class unannounced and the office hasn't told you anything, which they are many times prone to do, Always have something extra there if you need to for just in case somebody does come through that door. And when they do, ask them to sit down and then maybe go over to them and say, okay, hi, who are you? And let me figure out a way to get you situated. And all the eyes are going to be on them anyway because they're going to want to know who they are. But if it's a new member of your, of, of your program, maybe some of them already know them. So this is a good way for you to see whose eye catches whose and what the reactions are. So you need to assess the situation.
Hmm, sometimes very interesting. So, but aside from that, do you know where all your supplies are? Are they clearly labeled? So if you if a student asks you for something and you say, sure, go ahead and grab that, where is it? Is it always in the same place? Do people return them? In my experience, you can tell them, you can threaten them, you can do whatever you want. They never return the stuff. It usually ends up someplace else and you need to find it as long as it doesn't walk its way out the door, which I've seen things happen. So, um, and that goes for mainstream and alternative. Keep everything simple. Don't make huge radical displays all over the place because you may have students who have bad ADD. And if it's like mine was when I was in school and even today, if I see something that catches my eyes, I can go off into never, never land while somebody's speaking. And I am just imagining and doing all kinds of creative things in my mind with that display. And I will have missed everything that they had said because that kind of thinking is not good for multitasking. So keep things in order because a lot of our students have chaos when they get home. We want some lights on. We want a well-lit room. doesn't have to be an overbearing light, but for a lot of our students, when they get home, maybe they don't have lights. Maybe it is kind of uh, depressing. So let's keep things bright, as bright as necessary, but not overtly so. Let's keep things calm. Let's keep things orderly. And you can have ordered chaos. That's fine. You can have a good time. It doesn't mean boring. It doesn't mean everything is regimented. It just means that you have a welcoming, caring atmosphere wherein students know where things are, they know how to find them, everything is where it's supposed to be. And it teaches them what organization looks like, and it makes them feel safe because they know where everything is. For some of them, it might be very uncomfortable because they know where everything is, and they have just never experienced that before. And the fact that there isn't a lot of busy stuff all over the walls, that also does that for them. See what you can do. Maybe you put up a bulletin board and maybe you have, you know, maybe some news. Uh, I teach in a vocational program, so we put up job openings. We might put up um, different ideas of scholarships, whatever, because I'm at the secondary level for juniors and seniors. We might put those up. We might put up pictures of everybody who's in our room. Um, and we also put up pictures of graduates. So when a person graduates, they put on a cap and gown, we snap their picture, we put them up on the wall. And so we have notebooks full of those graduates. And we also have graduates who are up on the wall. So, cause it's a program that's been going for 50 years, but it's all very simple. Students know exactly where things are. And if they don't, we can point to them. And they just go. And so there's a quiet busyness that goes on. 
And that's what we want. We want students to feel as though they can get things done. They may not have the space. They may not be able to do anything at home because we cannot assume that how a student lives is the way that we watch on TV how students live. So keep that in mind. Always be empathetic and think, okay, how is this going to work for every student? And even I make mistakes at times. I think, well, let's try this. And somebody will say, well, what about X, Y, and Z? And it's like, well, how not about that then? And we still try. And sometimes you learn as you go through. But the one thing about your environment is that it is well-ordered, maybe clearly labeled if you can. The students, when they walk through that door, they know that you want them there. So they feel welcome, wanted, needed, and valued because you talk to them. You ask them questions. If they look down in the dumps, ask them for a word. And if you have a place that you can take them where it might be private, just check in with them and just let them know. Don't force anything out of them. Just say, hey, I notice you don't look you, you don't look like yourself today. Is everything okay? They say, everything's okay. Well, you know, I'm here if you want to check in. That way, it's not, well, tell me about it. No, no, no. If somebody did that to me when I was a student, I would have just said, it's not your bloody business. So be open. Be open to them not sharing as much as be open to them sharing. Because sometimes it's a matter of trust. Sometimes it's a matter of them trusting themselves. Sometimes it's a matter of pride and honor. But once students feel that they can honestly speak with you, they will. Once students feel as though you are truly there for them, they will. And I know you can do this. So take deep breaths, keep things simple in the classroom. But remember, have materials ready. Have things there for them. Have extra pencils. Have extra pens. Have extra paper. Have the basic materials that they will need that day. And maybe, maybe you might even have a bowl of fruit. I find that, you know, the little uh, mandarin oranges, you know, I think they're called cuties and they have other names too. I put those in a bowl with bananas. Bam, 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 bam. They go away pretty quickly. So if you have a store where you can buy those um, at a discount, and if you have a budget that will allow you to do that, I do that like, I, I don't do it enough, but when I do do it, I try to make sure that I buy enough that'll last a few days. So, um, and that helps take care of some of their food. Anyway, Enough said about environment. I hope this helps you. You might journal about that. Keep journaling. Two to three sentences a day. Something that you could change. Something that you could do better. Maybe some ideas that you have on your environment now. Right? Right. So I believe you. And I will see you at our next episode. Have a wonderful time in between. Okay, talk to you later. Adios.